Welcome again to the Radio Bible Course and our continuing discussion of Paul's Epistle to the Galatians. We have come to chapter 3, and in the last couple of days we've been discussing a very important passage. It's critical to understanding the Christian faith. It's Galatians 3.19. Paul writes, Why then the law? He asked that question because some of the Jews and some of the Christians who had been influenced by Jews were pressing the law as a necessary obligation for Christian behavior. And so, Paul, trying to explain that the law could not save anybody, left this question in the minds of many people. What's the purpose, then, of the law? Why did God give the law if it won't save? And so, this passage, verse 19, is intended to explain its purpose. Now, if you've never understood the purpose of the law, here's your opportunity to hear Paul on this subject. Why then the law? It was added because of transgressions till the offspring should come to whom the promise had been made. It was added to the principle of faith, salvation through faith. And that was demonstrated earlier in the chapter by Paul's illustration of Abraham, how he believed God and God credited it to him as righteousness. Now, Paul here is pointing out that the law was added until the offspring should come, and that offspring is that promised seed of Abraham, Jesus the Christ, one of Abraham's descendants. If that is new to you, you'll want to read the opening verse of the Gospel of Matthew, where it talks about Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Now, why did not Paul simply write, The law was given because of transgressions, and omit until the offspring should come? Well, I believe he was attempting here to counteract the Judaizers' teaching to the Galatians. They were teaching that these Christians in Galatia needed to live by the law. They needed to be circumcised, and they needed to keep some of those festivals, the Sabbath days, and so forth. And many people today believe that. Well, that's why it's so important to study this epistle to the Galatians. Paul wrote here then to offset that false teaching by the Judaizers. Since Paul wrote in this verse that the law was added until the offspring should come, we need to remember that the Galatians were living after the offspring, Jesus Christ, that is, had come. By using the word until, he conveyed a clear message about the end of the law period. It was a means by which God administered the household of Israel. You can refer to it as the law age. It was a distinct time where God administered his household of people, Israel, by a law code. It had a beginning and it had an end. It was clearly a divine administration of law. Paul wrote about this kind of an administration in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 10 when he said, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times he might gather together in one all things in Christ. That word dispensation 
is the word for administration. It's also used in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 2 and 5. Listen to Paul. If indeed you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which was given to me for you, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs. Here he's talking about the dispensation of grace, or the administration of grace. And he's contrasting it to a former administration of law. We are not being administered today in the church by the law of God. Although some men are trying to do that, that's not the way God deals with his people. We are told to live by grace. First we are saved by grace, then we are told to live by grace and to walk by the Spirit. In contrast to what the Old Testament people did, they walked by the law and blessing came if they kept the law and they were cursed if they didn't. The word dispensation in the King James Version is translated administration of God's grace in the New International Version here in Ephesians 3.2. And this word comes from the Greek word oikonomia. It is made up of two words, house, which is oikos, and law, nomos. It concerns how one runs his household. In olden times, a wealthy man hired a foreman or a steward to keep track of his property, his slaves, his crops, and his business. And that person's job was referred to as a stewardship. It's the same Greek word, oikonomia. And our word economy, of course, comes from that Greek word. To help you, perhaps, to better appreciate this word as an administration, let me give you a dictionary definition of home economics. It's the science and art that deals with the management of a household. Now apply that to what we have been reading here in Galatians and Ephesians. An administration is the management of a household. And God is managing his household. He did that in the Old Testament. His household was the people of Israel. Today, his household is the church. And he has a far different administration today than he did in former days. We are being administered by the grace principle today. Observe the use of this word for administration and stewardship in the story of the unjust house manager in Luke chapter 16, verses 1 through 3. Listen to Jesus. <clears throat> there was a rich man who had a steward, and charges were brought to him that this man was wasting his goods. And he called him and said to him, What is this that I hear about you? Turn in the account of your stewardship. There's the word for oikonomia, or administration. For you can no longer be steward. And the steward said to himself, What shall I do, since my master is taking the stewardship, or oikonomia, 
away from me. You see here, the word administration and stewardship are the same. And it helps us to understand this overall biblical concept that God has a way of administering his people and don't assume it's the same in the Old and the New Testament. Now, there is something that is the same in both Testaments, and that is salvation through faith by grace. Many people misunderstand this, and many people may falsely accuse me of teaching two ways of salvation. I never do that. Salvation is always the same, and anyone reading the New Testament would learn how people were saved in the Old Testament, because the New Testament uses both David and Abraham as examples of salvation, and in the Old Testament it clearly teaches that they were saved through faith. They may have believed something different. The message may have been different, but it was still faith. Faith alone saves. Today, our message is faith alone in Christ alone saves. But the thing that is different is how we live after we are saved. In the Old Testament, after men were saved through faith, the law was given until the time that Christ died. But in the New Testament, we are saved by grace and then told not to live by the law, but to live by grace and to walk by the Spirit. Never in the New Testament do you find any apostle ever teaching any Christian convert that he ought to live by the law of Moses. Whenever the subject does come up in the New Testament, it is usually in the form of a warning against those who would put Christians under law. Galatians chapter 5 especially is strong in this regard, for it says, For freedom Christ has set us free. Do not become entangled again with that yoke of bondage. And that yoke of bondage is a clear reference to the law. How do we know that? By the context, that's what Paul is discussing. The Judaizers were trying to get the Galatians to live by the law. They wanted to take away their freedom and liberty and put them under the bondage of the law. And Paul said, stand fast in that liberty that Christ brought to you. Don't go back under that law. That would have been a perversion of the whole purpose for which Christ saved them. Christ wants people to be free, not in bondage. If you've been trying to live by the law and trying to please God at the same time as a Christian, you're living a contradictory life. You can't please God by living by the law because God ended the law. He ended it when Christ died and the veil in the temple was ripped from top to bottom, thus exposing the emptiness of the Holy of Holies. No longer is the temple the place where God would reside. God now lives in the hearts of those who believe. Judaism came to an end. In Romans chapter 10 we read, Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. As I ponder what happened to the Galatians by those Jewish teachers, some 
who had become Christians, they would not let loose of their Old Testament religion. They thought Jesus Christ was simply a supplement to Judaism. And so they were following Jesus as the Messiah, but not the one who brought a new way of life. And they were insisting that they and those others who believed in Jesus should not forsake the law of Moses, but should continue to keep all of those laws and practices. Well, that was the big problem that led Paul to write the epistle to the Galatians. And as I ponder this, I look back at my own life and realize that we are practicing Galatianism today and have been for many centuries. For example, when I first went to Sunday school as a little boy, the first thing I can remember being taught was the Ten Commandments with the distinct impression being left that if I kept the Ten Commandments, I would get to heaven. And if I didn't, I was certainly doomed to hell. Well, that's a very misleading teaching. I should have been taught about the person who came to rescue me, not only from the curse of the law, but from hell itself. I was taught Galatianism, live by the law. Try to keep the laws, and by doing so, you will be a Christian. Well, that is patently false. Well, there is much more to say here about this passage, and we'll continue our discussion tomorrow. Don't miss it, because we have a very important passage to discuss, and I might recommend that you read Second Corinthians chapter 3, the first 17 verses, in preparation for our lesson tomorrow. Until tomorrow, this is Nick Calavota reminding you that the word gospel means good news.